I want to do a little tour around. We're going to move around a little. We had jumped around the first parak. I feel like we didn't get the second parak together. We, in the week of the second parak, we were catching up the first. So we're going to continue to play catch up. We're going to play from behind. So if you please turn to Parak Shani, last week's Parak. Parak Shani, I want to start Mishnah Dalid. Parak Shani, Mishnah Dalid. I want to say, Morty, when you learn of us, get a Siddur, it's Kedai to see inside, it's page 245. Kedai to see inside. I do want to say, when you learn of us, to save you some angst, is just to know the following thing. We're learning now Perik Bey's Mishnah Dalid. And you might have the following frustration. You want to tell somebody the word. So you remember Perik Bey's Mishnah Dalid, and then you look it up, and it's not Mishnah Dalid. We don't, we don't, there's no halachic split of the Mishnayis. So artificially, whoever's this company or this sitter, maybe Arts Grove, decided this is Mishnah Dalid, you'll go to another sitter or another of us and we'll call it Mishnah Zion. It's not, it's not broken up what's what Mishnah, there's no such thing. It, it, you think about even sometimes you have a Mishnah here that's one Mishnah, it's broken up in different ways. We don't, we don't, it's not, it's just labeled by Parakim. Parakim, it was split up. Parak Rishon, Parak Shani, Parak Gimel. The order is arbitrary, whatever you want. So just don't get confused. I've seen people get so frustrated. They read something somewhere and it said, Parak Bey's Mishnu Yudzayin. They can't find it. Look in the area. Because just because it was Yudzayin in one version, it might be, it might be Mishnu Yudalit in another or Chaf in another. So just a little tip to save you some angst. But anyway, in parent base, this is just parent, totally parent. You don't know it was Mesopic. I was learning at Tzais, David. I asked the Rav the Shaila. I was learning at Tzais, and he quoted a Gemara Baba Kama. And it said a certain um, and I looked, it wasn't here. I looked around, and I found the right um, and it was a typo in the Tzais. And it was Yeshiv Farakwe's Tzais. Am I supposed to switch it? It said Daf Samach Hey, it was Daf Samach Tes, let's say. It wasn't in the vicinity of there. And you're looking around, and then you find that it's four blocks away. Are you supposed to switch it in the public safer? It's Pasha wrong, and anybody looks, it causes such problems. Should you switch it, Avrami? Do you say, hands off, it's not yours? Or do you say, what do they want? I asked the Rav, he said, Kalish, you shouldn't switch them, somebody else should. I said, so what do you mean? The person knew me. He said, you have a bad handwriting. <laughs> the bottom line is, if you have a good hand, if you have a bad handwriting, it's a chutzpah to switch it. Because even though, they, but if you, have a good, if you have a neat, gorgeous handwriting, l'chayr in a public safe, you should, because 100% they want you to switch it, but only if you like Shlomo Zalman Resnick. If you're like a yeshik guy, that it would be perfect, you'll look nice. See, a guy like me, if I switch it, you best the whole safe forever. If you have a neat handwriting, what do you, Revezi, Pashas used to switch it. I've done it many times. Yeah. Pashtas, you switch it even on a public safer because 100% they would, anybody would want you to do it. How do you hold up, Rami? I cross it out. You cross it out. You're right. You save people. It has the wrong path. Anybody learning it is looking up the wrong places. So, right? What did you say? Rami, you have a public, you're in some, you're not, you, don't, you just can't sue anybody. You're in a public. If you, have a, if you could do it perfectly neatly, you can. If you, if you know, because if you don't do it, they don't want you to do it. If you could do it perfectly neatly, you save people a lot of problems. I'd be afraid to say that, no, you can't do it because like, you'll find Sarm with Mike. <laughs> right. I saw this with the concise. Anyway, back here. That was just on the wrong Mishnah. So please look, page 245. We all have the same Siddurim. So this one is Perak Bey's Mishnah Dalad. Who are you, Aymer? We're talking about Rev Gamliel. And it said, Rav Gamliel Haya Oimer. Gamliel used to say, he, he quoted over, Oimer doesn't mean he said, it means he says. Oimer, he says. Doesn't say, Omar, he said. Oimer, he says. It's Lush and Haive. Rev Label Lamb pointed that out. Omar would mean he said. It's, it happened years ago. It says, Oimer, he says. When you write down, Tyre Chazal of Alush and Sif Sai Sai's Doivre Spikever. Their lips are moving in the grave. 
Now, I'm sure there are deep ideas to that, more than just what we're saying. Certainly, there are deep ideas when you learn somebody's Torah, that they're learning with you, and somehow they're real ideas that but putting aside the deeper ideas, they're still talking to us. Their Torah lives on, their impact is still felt here. He was saying, Ralem, that people who left an impact on this world are still accruing schar in Eilam because people who are learning their stuff, people who are impacted by somebody they impact, by somebody they impacted, Yaakov and I have said this each independently, and we feel this way strongly, when a guy steigs in yeshiva, and he makes an impact, you have six weeks to still impact a 10th and 11th grader. And you make you inspire him, not by giving him musa, that turns people up, talking about just friendship and closeness. You inspire a guy, and because you're close to him, he picks up your midas, he picks up things from you. Then one day, he's a 12th grader, and brings it to the next guy, to the next guy. You could see in yeshiva things from guys who were here eight years ago. And if you like, think about it, a guy put a certain type of culture, he put a certain type of hug in the yeshiva. <coughs> I never met anybody here, but he impacted the next group, went back to the next group. You could see people's personality in the yeshiva. And then, of course, you get schar for that. You've invested that in the yeshiva, and you get schar in a hundred years. It's an amazing way to get rich. You grow exponentially in, in years and years. People are Talmidim of yours because you impacted some, some, somebody. So they're Talmidim and you're getting schar. The Gra says, the Gra says that it's, the, the Gra says in the third parak, it says that you should know who you are. If you look at the third parak for a second, if you go to the third parak, the first Mishnah says, din who you're going to give a din and a cheshben. What's din, what's cheshben? Din is your judgment. What's cheshben? The gross says cheshben is the side impacts you have. The side impact is cheshben, the indirect impact. You impacted somebody, you caused somebody, you caused somebody. That's called cheshben. Din is on your action. Cheshben is on your impact. That's in front of who you're going to give din and cheshben. That's Oimer means he says, he's still saying it, Rav Gamliel still impacting the world. Because he taught the following statement, he's Oimer, he's still saying, not he said, he's still saying, he's left his impact. It says that, the, the Pasuk in Mishle says, Yufutsu secha let your wellsprings burst forward, Yufutsu your mayanois, <coughs> your inner wellsprings, let your wellsprings burst forward, Leave in the streets puddles of water. The first thing to let your wellspring is impact people. Teach Tyra. Teach Tyra. Give over. Share your Tyra. What's the puddles in the street you're leaving? It's of equal importance. There's one din to teach Tyra. And a second thing is you're dripping with goodness. You just leave puddles wherever you go. That's Cheshbon. You just leave puddles. You leave a taxi. The taxi driver is better. He's more sincere. He's like, Whoa. You, you go to L.A. for a Shabbos, and the, the host is just a better guy. He's like, whoa. That's, that's puddles. That's our mission in life, is to teach and to leave puddles. To be that type of guy who just leaves puddles. You're so good. You're dripping goodness. You're dripping sincerity. You're dripping Yerushalayim. Besides your active influence is your puddles that you leave. You impacted one guy. You're leaving. You're just, you're just dripping water everywhere you go. That's the puddles that you leave. That's Oimer. He says, not he said. So Rabbi Gamliel says, and I want to study the three words he says. This happened to me in Heller. Years ago, I was learning of us. That's the minute Claudius was. I tried to join the Jewish people. And Claudius, well, from Pesach, has two nuschai. Some do it till Shavuos. And mo- many of Claudius, well, continues throughout the summer. Till, <coughs> till Elul, that they learn of us. So I tried to join that. <coughs> I was learning of us. And I read these three words, and something hit me. It sounds so simplistic, these words, and something hit me that's life-changing. Rav Gamliel said, Make his will like yours. Ritzoinoi is Hashem. 
Asay make with Sinai his will, Kirt Sinecha like your will. And when I read these three words, something hit me like a bolt. Of course, when I see something that hits me, I ran to Rai Sunshine, who was with me in Heller, and I said, I just lost my mind. I read a Mishnah that blew my brains in. He said that the altar of Kel makes this day, Baruch Hashem. He said, you're mechavin to the altar of Kelm. The altar of Kelm was one of the great Talmud and Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. And the Siyat HaDishmai, I was mechavin. You know what struck me, these three words? I laughed that little kids learn this Mishnah. You learn Avais. Avais is profound wisdom. And I laughed that you read this Mishnah, you think, okay, make his will, Hashem's will like your will. This Mishnah changes my life. If you hear the Mishnah, it's life-changing. I'll tell you why it's life-changing. I, most people, this, this in, in these three words, is if I describe, if I wanted to describe a Chinuch system, and I wanted to describe what you're trying to do, this is the opposite of a secular Chinuch. Secular Chinuch has infiltrated our yeshivas, Rahman al-Tzlan, unfortunately, in a tragic way, and they, they don't know this Mishnah, and this is the hepech of secular wisdom, of, of secular chenuch. What does the Mishnah say? Make Hashem's will yours. Asay Ritzainai, His will, like your will. Now, most people think the goal of Yiddishkeit is do Hashem's will. Hunker down, strengthen yourself, and do Hashem's will. Beat yourself up, tough luck on you, God said so I do. That's Yiddishkeit, no? So why did the Mishnah say, make his will your will? Just say, do his will. The Mishnah doesn't talk poetically. They're telling us the truth. Do his will. Gamliel said, do Hashem's will. What does it mean to make his will yours? It's a strange thing to say. It means, knock it off. I know you want to go to a rave. Knock it off. God doesn't like it. Knock it off. Isn't that Yiddishkeit Judaism? Knock it off. Do his will. You want tough luck. Be a martyr. Come on. That's not what it says here. It says, make his will yours. I say with When I read these words, I couldn't stop thinking the words. Make his will your will. Make his will your will. You know what? You know what you're trying to do. You're trying. I made it the theme after I learned this over one summer. Two years later, it was the theme of the year. I try many years to give the rebbeim before the year for my own self, and sometimes I share it with the rebbeim a theme for the year. Something I want to focus on a lot for one year is the theme, but it's always underlying in the yeshiva. What's the goal of avodas Hashem. The goal of Avaidis Hashem is that you're so in sync with Torah, you're like, you're in sync with it. It's not to be fighting yourself to do it, it's to get yourself in sync with Torah. So I'll give a picture. You ever saw a Bachar like he's fighting himself to learn a lot? He's like, <clears throat> he drags himself down, then <clears throat> he sits, through, <clears throat> he's trying like so hard to be a good boy. The goal is not to try hard to be a good boy. There are times you have to struggle, no doubt. But the goal is to find it within you and to be in sync with the Torah. The goal is comfortably and smoothly to be a Ben Torah. Now, it does, there will be moves you have to make that aren't always smooth. But the goal is to get in sync with Torah. That you find His will is your will. It's mamish what you feel, it's who you are. The goal is you need much smarter chinuch. I say the try smarter method, not try harder method. There are guys whose whole avoid is Hashem, and the chinuch will say, come on, harder, harder. So they push more, stress yourself out more. But it's not you. Instead, a guy who hears this Mishnah will tend to learn things that are more his style. It doesn't mean to ignore anything that's not your style. But you'll end up learning things. You have find your style learning. Your whole goal in Chinuch is to connect to what you're doing. 
you won't be afraid. You'll find a minion that's a little quicker because I want to like I want to enjoy the dominant. I want to be in sync with this. Right now, I'm not ready. When I learned in the Mir Yeshiva, the Mir's davening was forever. It's slow. It was like scratch. If you're not into davening, it's scratching fingers on the on, the, on a blackboard. If you're not into davening, and there was slow and funny places. The laning was va. You're not having a lot of the laning. Vayoymech. The Balkar was an old yet a wonderful tzaddik. He liked the laning. Vayoymech. Hashem. You're sitting there. It's a Thursday. You've just said the whole tachlan for an hour, and it, it's long. Now, Baruch Hashem, you could develop a time for davening. And I don't say that a guy will sit by a long davening, and maybe depends who you are. Maybe you bring a book to davening. Depends on the guy. But one guy may have a chesh, but I need a quicker minute. I want to one day get there. But I want it to be comfortable by me. I want to find... So I can't now do the... So he goes to the shtibloch, daven's a little faster. He wants to come to daven slower. Slowly, but he wants... But his goal is not to be... If the goal is to be a martyr... And who could be a bigger martyr? So you should find the slowest minion, and the more pain you're in, the better you're doing. Givaldig. You're a martyr. You're excellent. You should be so proud of yourself. Except for this Mishnah. This Mishnah changes your life. It takes the job and makes it much more sophisticated. The job of self-chinuch is so sophisticated and complex. The goal is that you're so in sync and you build so smartly and comfortably and carefully that the tire you do, it's, it's who you are. It's comfortable. It's who you are. It doesn't mean there aren't times, of course, you have to come out of your comfort zone. Of course, you have to push. But, but always with your eye on incorporating it into yourself. Finding it. Where can I find it in me? As the mushal I've given before, somebody speaks about precious. But you're holding by going to a restaurant. If you just become a pirate, grind it out. You, you, you're a guy. I'm no longer going to restaurants the rest of my life. Sustaining. I'm never. That's it. I'm never going to rest on this. You'll never come that it's comfortable. But the guy says, I'm a guy, that's not where I'm up to. You know what? I can relate. Do I have to have triples? I'm already satisfied. Maybe it's time to say to start benching. I'm satisfied already. That I can relate. Another guy can't even relate to that. See, who has triples. But you know, maybe he can relate. I don't want to have to get a stomachache. And I'm ready sick a little bit. I should stop. Whatever you might be that you can relate and then slowly grow. It just becomes that you have to be smart. The goal is to get ourselves in sync with the Torah. Not to brutally break ourselves to learn Torah, to get ourselves in sync with the Torah. To take who I am and how I think about things and my experiences and to synchronize myself, to get in touch with the Torah. To get, that's my visual, I'm a very visual learner. One of the most frustrating things to me when, when we have cons- we have music nights, so the real musicians, you tell them play, like the Mortys of the world, they're always like tuning their guitars before. And a guy like me has no shine, just play, just, but you don't understand, like if the guitar is off, it's not as smooth and geschmack. So my visual, like in the music night, of all the guys there, like they're tuning their guitar, and us guys, like, could you just play, like, we just want to hear it and give us your music. But Shloim is sitting up there, he's like listening, and they're all like doing stuff and turning the knobs. I always wonder what they're doing, they're comparing, they, I don't know what, they're, they're trying to tune it, but they want the music to sound gorgeous, their guitars need to be tuned. The goal of us is to tune ourselves, that we're in sync with the Torah. It takes a place, that's what it says, make his will your will. Where you've worked on yourself, make his will, make his will your will. Where it's not just externally you're roughing it out, and you're, you're listen, it's about, I'm feeling it, it's my will, it's who I am, it's what I want inside, I'm in sync with the Torah. That is what Rav Gamliel is saying, the job of Yiddishkeit. It's a much more subtle and sensitive. You all of a sudden understand, when we, when we, when we rip in yeshiva jumping steps in Ruchnius, so you think it's like a leniency, like, okay, you know, you need, you need some leniency. You're an, I can't stand speeches that just say you're a nice guy. 
I know I'm a nice guy. Tell me something. I'm, tell me, criticize me so I can grow. I don't like speeches. Say, in our generation, you're wearing a yarmulke, you're a godladar. Nonsense. Do something, you bum. I don't like saying, in our generation, anybody with a yarmulke, and we all leave the speech feeling rosy, cozy, and gishmak. There are people who think that's what Waterbury is. You see happy guys, they don't know we demand in Musarvad. They see from far, it must be that cozy place. There are people who have no knowledge of Waterbury. They're anti, just based on it must be a place that every schmooze says, you're a wonderful guy, and in our generation, just the guy wears a yarmulke. That's nonsense. You wear a yarmulke because your mom put it on you when you're three. Now do something. I don't like that stuff that you wear a yarmulke when you're three when we say don't jump steps it's not you wear a yarmulke so you're the tzaddik hadar and in our generation anybody who wears a yarmulke should get a bracha and darizal is, you're bigger than darizal because you wear a yarmulke you're not bigger than anybody because you wear a yarmulke your mother put it on you've done nothing because you put on a yarmulke when we say slow growth is not a kula is not a leniency because you're such a great guy no it's because we're really shooting for things. We believe a person could be great, and we believe that you don't have to be a martyr. The goal, when I see the yeshiva bacher, who's like pressed and squished, he doesn't know this Mishnah, and what's going to happen is you're going to always revert back to a true form. The, the Sefer Chaisen Yeshua says, when you go against your teva, he says your nature will assert. People are shocked. You see, Yeshiva guy, he was the best guy. A parent called me down to meet their son. I was by my brother's house. He was the best guy in Yeshiva. Today he's eating chazer. What happened? What happened was he never recognized he has a nature. He never groaned that davening's too long for him. So he was a good guy till a certain point, and then his nature asserted. There was never a handling, there was never working with his nature. A guy like him should never have sat by a long davening, never. But he didn't even know you were allowed to think like that. To him it was like heresy to say the yeshiva dives too long. I need to take some breaks. No Rebbe ever sent him out during davening. He said, go out, go, just run. During that, his Rebbe said, you're a bala of Zara, and if you walk out by davening, you're a sainay Hashem. And he was the best good guy in the yeshiva. And then he became eating chazer. Had it happened? Because he never recognized his nature. He never engaged. He never knew this mission of the goal of getting in sync with Tyrant. To get in sync, you have to recognize who you are and work in a smart. It's a whole different system of chenach that's smart. That you get things and understand things and understand yourself. And then figure out, out of my comfort zone, but not too far. You know, the Chayisen Yeshua says, when you ignore your Teva, your Teva will strike back. It will assert. It will assert. You know, you pull a rubber band, you can pull and pull. At some point, it will snap. If you do that to yourself, you will snap at some point. You're not handling your Teva. You're, you're ignoring who you are. That's what happens when you imitate other people. You're ignoring who you are. But he's doing it. I have to push a little hard. What is it? What is what he's doing to do with you? You can't ignore who you are. Who are you? What are you? And then within who you are, you have, it doesn't mean not to push out of your comfort zone. But it has to be with intelligence. It has to be moves that are intelligent, that slowly, smartly. So we say small steps, supposed to big step, is not one of those schmoozim that for wearing a yarmulke, you're the god ladar. You're not. It's saying that the goal is to be smart and to grow smartly because we're shooting for we want to be a person of Hashem's will. It's a very internal job. So can't just help the brute, the, the martyrdom of tough luck what I want. It can't work if my goal is to want what Hashem wants. So then I got to work with my wants and try to like figure them out and incorporate them and slowly build them. And you'll find when it's done smartly, a person who emerges, who's toichai kibarei, who inside and outside does the right things. In a real way, in an authentic way, you could watch the process of two systems. And one guy's breaking to who he's not. And a bacher's in a system where he's finding who he is. 
And along the way, you'll see the two guys, and people will tell the Bachar who's finding who he is, you're so behind that guy. Look, he's learning all the, it's going to snap. Because he hasn't found within himself. He hasn't even begun to handle who he is, what he is. And then all of a sudden, the guy who was working within himself is miles ahead. Miles. Hey, when did that happen? Hey, what? If you're not, you have to know how to watch track and field, Hever. If you don't know how to watch track and field, it's very annoying. It's a tremendous art, track and field. Did anybody ever watch the 400-yard dash? Do you know how to watch? Do you know how to do it? If you're very shallow, the guy you think is winning is in last place. Because if you know the track, the guy, remember, you're running around an oval. The guy on the outside always looks like he's in front. Because he's ahead of the other guys, but he has a longer, he's, they put him ahead because he has the longest track around. You know, he's... Instead, the inner guy is a shorter track around the circle, and the outer guy. So the outer guy, they do exactly per foot. So he starts up ahead. Now, even when he's behind, he looks like he's ahead of the guy on the lower, on the smaller track, on the inner circle. So you have to know how to watch it, what you're seeing. If they look neck and neck, they're not. The other guy's way ahead. You have to know how to watch what you're seeing. Well, you know. In Yiddish, you have to know to watch another muscle of that is a marathon. A marathon that's a five-mile race. And there's one guy who runs his kishkas off, and he's like, you could see it a mile in. It's a five-mile race. He has almost nothing left. The simon is, he's no longer tight running. His arms are flailing. And you can see he's flailing. It's very not a neat run. His body is like, is very, is flailing. He, he's nothing left. And you see another guy now who's neck and neck, even four feet behind, but is running that comfortable run. So the shallow observer says, hey, that guy's winning. He's like, to say he's losing, he's in last place. He's not making the five miles. Every other runner behind him is going to beat him. Then he conks out, the other runners run by, to know what you're seeing. Any system of, of, of ignoring who you are, your nature will assert. You can't do it. Exactly you can't right. ignore it. Your nature will assert. It's like who said it was the line. The Chais Yeshua says this, that when you ignore your teva, your teva will assert. Your nature will assert. You cannot ignore your teva. Yes. Why do I know when it's my nature? That's all experiment. We find out. You'll always find in yeshiva guys go too far. Say, why don't you say something? A healthy guy is always a life. That's, that's part of life. Don't worry. We go too far. He said, one second. You always see people balance out. They find it. A good person who knows about this. You have to know about it. A person who doesn't know about it is, just beats himself up and then snaps. But if you know about it, or what? Or, or, or just denial. Well, this is my nature. My nature is, I yeah. Need, you know, I need yeah, a healthy person works himself. So, by the way, we can work against our nature smartly. Smartly. You don't go the other end. Smartly within. And don't, you know, a guy, a guy sees, by nature, is not such a sitter. Concentration. He could build up slowly. I've seen guys. A guy was proud in Yeshiva, one of my greatest moments in the history of the Yeshiva. A guy told me, built up, Rebbe, I could learn two hours straight. I was like ready to cry. The guy built himself up. Now, in some places, that would be two hours straight. What well, big deal? He was so proud of himself. He worked like a beast. Today, he learns 12 hours a day easily. But he did it. He got in sync and in tune and worked with himself slowly. So he didn't start with two hours either, I assure you. It's very good. A Bacher told me recently from our Hevra, I noticed I can't learn more than 15 minutes straight. It's a very good observation. I don't think he should push it. He tried to push two hours. He said, you know, I said, maybe 20 minutes I could do. You start building up muscles. Then he taka sits down, but he knows what he's even trying to do. And he has a 20-minute seder where he focuses 20 minutes. He does it for a month, 20 minutes. Start 20 minutes in a row for a month. He's, he doesn't care. I don't care what people are supposed to do. I, I'm, I'm working with me. At 20 minutes straight, the guy's focusing. Then one day, so I learned an hour. And I'm, you know what I could do an hour quite easily? He's finding within him. And all of a sudden, the guy learns an hour straight, comfortably, focused learning, an hour straight, unbelievable. He built himself. The other guy doesn't even know myself's in the equation. He's just always falling short. He goes to all the shmuzim, ritzifos. If you don't learn 16 hours straight, so he has all the shmuzim, he's pushing his fight. He doesn't even know who he is. He doesn't even like come into the equation. 
So I always keep in mind, I always say the danger of visiting speakers. You're going to be in any yeshiva, and they're really good, because they're inspiring, but don't listen to them for advice. A listening speaker doesn't know you. So be inspired, then get back to working with you, because you know you. So, you know, people hear this, you heard what he said, okay, don't listen so fast, you know you, he doesn't know you. He's telling you truths. Now figure out your job, and nobody could do this for you. Nobody. Your job is you know you. Hear things that you hear a schmooze. It's above your head. It's above what you're up to. Don't try to be the schmooze. Never. Never. See where I can incorporate the schmooze. I was inspired. Where, where can I find something of that in me, a little of that in me, something in me? That's how to learn. That's how to grow. We're striving for something profound. We're striving for something that lasts. We're striving for something that's inner, that's toichai kibarei. Along the way when you're doing it, I laugh. Even parents, I don't see my son growing. Because we're not striving that you see it. We're striving that it's in there. You don't know in there. Hanestare slashem like we're striving for places that only God sees. It's a whole system of chenach nasin that's in here. Now it's not to be used as an excuse. Every truth can be dangerous. A guy does nothing, he says, Adam, I tell Like Rebezi, he says, I know that. Truth is dangerous, Hever. Tough luck. We're going to still teach truth. It's very dangerous truth because anybody can abuse truth. I'm working inside. Not to go against your Teva. My Teva is to sit here all day and space out. Okay, you could use it. I refuse not. I refuse to give sheker because truth is dangerous. Yeah, truth is very dangerous. Truth is, you have to remember in the history of the world, the most murders have been done by distorted truths. Religion has caused the most deaths in the history of the world. Billions, billions have died. Probably billions in the history of the world. A billion people have died. One, you know, one billion means. In the history of the world, you know how many deaths based on truth people pursuing religion. So I'm aware that truth can murder. The name of truth, that's the story of the world. It says, Yesharim darke Hashem, Hashem's ways are straight, Tzadikim yelchubam, Tzadikim go in the ways of Hashem, Urisham yekashlam, Yesharim use it to trip. My visual is like when people take a fruit and they use it to get high, you could trip on a banana also. One guy gets potassium and becomes a healthy, strong guy, and another guy, you can kill yourself with truth too. <laughs> and you kill yourself with truth, that's a metzias of the world. But it doesn't mean you don't study truth. And it doesn't mean you don't live truth. This is the truth of growth. It's the, this Mishnah, these three words, are key words in the, in the sugya of growing. In the sugya of being mechanech oneself. The English words are being said. <laughs> Every song. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, you know it's funny. Just that Derek Agav. It's funny that you're not supposed to dance. We don't get up and dance on the Mea Sphere. There's no music. No, no, I didn't dance. No, it wasn't a dance. They jump. I would also jump up and down. We don't dance on Shabbos. You don't show Avelis. So we always dance. We dance then. But um. But it's funny, I don't consider myself a big music guy. The people like alone in the car, I cannot never listen to music. Kemat, once in a bloom when I'll put on, I get obsessed. But my sons don't even say it's not into music because I do one song over and over. <laughs> so if I get into a song, then I'll play it alone in the car. But Stam, I don't put on a CD alone in the car. But it's funny, when, the, when you don't have music, I do miss music. I see that it's more important to me than I think. And music is stilled. I'm a little bit craving to hear. I just want to pass by and hear Bucker playing guitar. Like, 
I like it more than I admit, I guess, to myself. Yeah, something else. No, it's a cherim in Yerushalayim because of the Chorban, there's a cherim against instruments. What? I don't hold anything. I don't know. Acapella is very nice. Excellent. I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's not a Jewish movie, it's like, 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 Yisrael, welcome home. You came back with Rev Rev Rezi. Shramers, Emosha, Soy. To have you back, Yisrael. Class, Imre Bina's lucky. Uh, <laughs> he was my roommate. He pictured that Kevin and Rabin, they're going to lose their mind. Ellie David, Yisrael Norman, Usher Morris, Falarie, Strummers. Yaakov Ringel. Zebby K, Shully. Uh, They're not going to know what hit them. Zebby yeah, yeah, yeah. Grau is going to the fridge. Shlomo, they're in good shape. He wants to start his black coffee breakfast. Who share you in Shaya Shul? Are there any Shaykhs who are Shiva? Rav Yeager is one of the brilliant Talmudic Hacham around. He's a Goyen B'Tayra. It's huge. It's huge. We compete. We too much. We make every Rebbe like a Goyen. Rav Yeager is the, is the real, he's a Talmud Chacham. He knows his stuff. more always. Goyen B'Tayra. Goyen B'Tayra. Real thing, the real deal, the amount of he knowledge he has in Torah is breathtaking. He gives so much attention. It's breathtaking. Yeah. The knowledge of Torah. If somebody yid could talk anywhere, be even Rav thoroughly. Yeah. yeah, amazing. In the whole city, it's not like we look at. He's a Tom. Every Rebbe is like the same. It's not that way. He stands out. He's a grand Torah. Everything, Chuvasuki, Vega, you're talking about like just. Yeah, yeah. See this? Amazing. Let's sing. I, I have more I want to say, but one, we need one Varma song. Music has been still, but it, no, not. The Kabbalah sphere won't be a fast thing. It's inappropriate, a fast. No wild. Mild. No, the easiest thing to do is to write Joe on it. Because it's like, oh, what's your name? Akiva, how do you spell it? Right, I was right, doing what you doing Joe.
But don't take it as Pashup Shat necessarily. Hillel in, in Mishnahay, if you please look at Mishnahay, Perak Bays. The third thing Hillel said, he said three things. Hillel Aimer, the great Hillel said, don't separate from the Tzibur. Be with the Chevre. I always loved Avi Jaffe in Yeshiva, so you're always learning. But if the chevr all went to the football field, I can't describe it. There are some people who go to the football field and learn, like blatantly not fitting in. He would like hazard block by heart. The island was in the football field. So I, went, I was walking with my family through the forest. We were going to, to eat on Yamtiv, on a Pesach Yamtiv, two years ago by a relative. So we were walking through a forest to get to the relatives. Gishmaka Yamtiv was a nice hike. It was in the Trum. And we were walking, we were walking to a relative. And, and Avi was with us, so, so what my kids, we would discuss, they, they asked, you think he was learning the whole time? I knew 100% he was learning the whole time. But the, my kids were talking, you think he was learning, he wasn't learning. Later on, like a, few, like a week later, he told me a word, he said, Rabbi, I thought of that word, we were walking in the forest. He told me a shnickle tire that he had said. But he had the Al-Tifrishman at Seber. The Olam was at the football field. He was like, what the guys? He wasn't trying to stand out. Good. Then he learned there. But even when he learned, it, didn't like, it wasn't like he was on the side, like loudly, the big like shas, like his, his chas and shas. Like, maybe, it was what the Olam, if maybe, you know. He like quietly, like company was learning. But like in Al-Tifrishman at Seber, be with the Olam. Don't trust yourself to the day of your death. A person has to make sure. Don't be. A guy told a guy told Veli Lapiani. He said, "How did you go to the chas?" And there was pretzels. The guy said, "It doesn't affect me." Ooh, you're over trusting yourself. We have a big yetsar. We have a beast in here. We have a we have a wild guy in here. When I, you know, guy, a guy like carries on such a tzaddik. Within the tzaddik is also a good Russia in here. You know. There's other, you know, the other forces. Don't trust yourself. Be careful where you go. It doesn't affect me. You don't know me then. It affects me. And don't trust yourself. Be careful. But I want to get to the third. I didn't come to discuss those. The third statement Hillel said, I want to tell you, we were already heavy today. This will be more light. The third thing he said is, Don't judge your friend until you come to his spot. Don't judge your friend till you walk a mile in his shoes. Till you come to his... Now, when I hear this Mishnah Rabbi say, could you ever come to your friend's spot? Don't judge him till you come to his spot. Can we ever really come to our friend's spot? Terence says, never judge him. So why did the Mishnah write it so cutely? I'll tell you a joke that's not funny, but I ask you to laugh. Only I want to bring out a point. <laughs> so please laugh. Everybody give a good heart. Where's Chaik? Oh, he's davening. He'd give a good heart. He laughed. I love that. But please, Chaikel's davening. So please laugh, Hefer. The joke is, in Rebbe schools, one of the jokes they teach you, and you know, they... They teach you to say this joke. I don't know so many jokes. I'm not so funny, but I know this joke. It's one of the few. So you don't last. It'll be disheartening to me. A guy goes to a restaurant, and he, and he sees he has no spoon. He orders a geschmack soup, a French onion soup. And he says, waiter, waiter, give me a spoon. Waiter, waiter, I need a spoon. I'm sorry. I messed it up. I, messed, I, 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 I killed the whole joke. 
I killed the whole joke. Yeah. Unbelievable. What happened? What do I do now, Rebbe? What, what do you do now? They didn't teach you, Rebbe, when the joke fails, when you give the punchline, what do you do now? And now I'm really... Say the joke, say the joke, say the joke. I'm trying to remember what they told me to do. You know the guy on Shabbos? You know the guy on Shabbos who bangs Slach? So I, you know, we all know what to do. You go like, Slach Lanu Shabbos. It's Friday night, bang Slach Lanu. See, you start, I just don't know by a joke, like what the version of... We do, we do, Okay. Was I saying a joke? Take five, take Guys, five. Guys, I want to tell you a joke. They taught me this joke in Rebbe's school. And, okay, here we go. The kitzer is that a guy goes to the restaurant and he has a bowl of soup and he says to the waiter, 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 taste my soup. The guy says, taste my soup? We're not allowed to do that here. I'll get fired. He says, waiter, taste my soup, please. He said, you're so kind, you want me to eat your soup? You sound like Yaakov Ringlam. You're very nice, yeah. but I'll get fired if I touch your soup. He's like, waiter, I beg you, take some of my soup. The way like you're you're out of your mind. You're a crazy guy. Like you're really kind. That is very nice. You, I'm not allowed to eat on the job. You know, give a nice tip at the end. As we say, to taste your soup. The guy says, "Buddy, I just wanted to eat my soup." So this, this crazy customer says, "Okay, I'll eat your soup." He walks over. He says, "Okay, but where's your spoon?" The guy says, "Ah, that's the joke." The Mishnah. But listen, okay. Thanks for laughing. I appreciate it. Heichel gave the best laugh. Okay. I just want you to know that when I was a learning Rebbe, I was, set, I was 18 years old. I was 18 years old, and I was a learning Rebbe in the summer, and I had a 12-year-old in my learning group, and he laughed at all my jokes. I, there's a true story, I promise you. And I said, this guy is going to be my brother-in-law. I was impressed with his midas that he gave a hearty laugh for anybody's jokes, even mine. And I said, this guy's going to be my brother-in-law. I never told him, but I told others, this guy's going to be my brother-in-law. I had a sister, he was 12, who was 10, pretty good age. I said, this guy's my brother-in-law. Years later, I read him to my wife's sister. I didn't know my wife to tie in her sister. And he's my brother-in-law today. But I said he's going to be my brother-in-law because he laughed at jokes. So watch out, Michael. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> All my siblings are married. Who knows? Maybe I'll find a niece or something. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a dream. Who knows? Maybe I have a niece, uh, cousin, something. Okay. The kids are at Varmiz. The kids are at Varmiz. The kids are at Varmiz. The Mishnah says... The Mishnah says, don't judge your friend till you reach his spot. So the guy, I picture like, waiter, waiter, eat my soup. It's like for years I've been waiting to judge people. I've been tr- waiting for years. One day it hits me, I can never reach his spot. Ah! <laughs> like, you're so sweet. <laughs> So the Mishnah says, don't judge until you can reach a spot. Like the whole Shia gets excited. You don't tell a guy, don't judge. Say you'll judge him, just wait till you get him better. They're like, well, the guy's waiting for like years. Less than still like, we're waiting to judge. Okay. Rabbi didn't say you can't judge the guy. He'll often say that. Hello, told us when you reach a spot. Oh, this is good stuff. Then six years later, you're like waiting to judge the world. So that I can never like get to his spot. Ah! <laughs> so what does the Mishnah teach you? To just say, don't judge anybody. And they ask the cash, why teach like that? Don't judge your friend. What I want to say, Hevra, is there's many things in life you can never fully get till you experience it yourself. Parents send their children to Waterbury, and we let people have experiences, shocker of shocker, even to experiment and explore, as long as it's not dangerous. But to see the world, even to think a little bit, even to miss chakras and see, see how you feel. Don't learn a little bit. We let people, then the parents say, what do you mean? My son's not, he's not. We trust your son and we trust Tyra. And we want him to experience and find. And shockers of shocker, kid after kid after kid, look at you. 
There are many things you can't think you're going to teach by forcing, by us. I've, I've experienced it. Let me tell you, son. But he has to experience it. It's frustrating because you look ready. I tried already. But he has to try. The father says, I experimented with it. Don't go there. Yeah, but he has to experiment. The goal, in Yiddishkeit, there has to be an amount, an amount that a person's given a certain leeway to think, to try, to see. Don't judge your friend till you reach a spot. And then you try and see and you have that moment. Ah, all of Yiddishkeit has to work that way. Ah, to say, never judge him. Never to reach a spot. So you're trying for years and one day you have the ah moment, but I can't. Ah. That's how teaching and learning is supposed to go. There are many things that you have to just experience and try. Reb Lamb spoke in yeshiva. He said something brilliant. If there's somebody asks what the theme for the year, I would love to put those three words, Sein Chalkeinu B'Sarasecha, that we have our Chalak and Torah, that we can, Torah can resonate by me, Torah can connect to me, very similar to get in sync, but we have our Chalak and Torah, Sein Chalkeinu B'Sarasecha, that prayer, give us our Chalak and Torah, with that pshat in the prayer. Besides meaning, let my chalak be in Torah, it means give me my chalak in Torah. Meaning I have an area of Torah that's unique to me, Aiki. Beautiful words. And what Rev, Rev Lamb said, that for 20 years he was going around doing Kirov. He said for any crowd, any reasonable crowd, I can give a share, they walk away, I believe in Hashem. Any reasonable crowd, they walk away, I believe in Torah. But he said to get a group to say that I can connect Hashem and he's my Hashem, who Kaylee, that he said a person has to experience on his own. That you have to find, you can't hand it to anybody. Your own chalik and Torah has to be your own experience. The reason the B'nai Torah here are fiery B'nai Torah and built to last, the reason you see hundreds of alumni who are fiery B'nai Torah is precisely because a person is allowed to go see for himself, to experiment, to explore within reasons of healthy and safetyness and come to your own connection to Hashem, Hukeli V'chai Goyali. That's perhaps why the Mishnah says don't judge him till you reach there. It gives you the chance to see if you can reach there and to one day say, but I can't. But you have no spoon. Ah. Have an excellent day.